there's an old joke. How did Canada pick its name? They were picking letters out of a hat and they went C A N A D A. Avast there. It be too late to alter course, mateys. Ye come seeking adventure in salty old podcasters, eh? Sure, ye come to the proper place. But keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight, with both hands if you please. There'll be foul language ahead, and adult humor, and Davy Jones waiting for them what don't obey. Dead men tell now. But you'll be rewarded when at last I am given my dues. And injustice deliciously squared between me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of Three Sheets of the Mouse. We're five average guys with a love for all things Disney. And joining me on this week's show are four guys who are Ula Boot the Moose, Tim, eh. Adam, Yo, Mikey, Bonsoir. And tonight we have a special guest live direct from Canada itself, Storybook Julius from Storybook Radio. Julius, welcome. Large hundred G's by. That was a great intro. Uh, what? Can you, can you translate <laughs> that to American, please? <laughs> Did he say something in lumberjack? I think he said I it said in, in a, that had a little, a little bit of the Newfie in it, didn't it? That was definitely from Newfoundland. Yes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I <laughs> listen to a lot of audio books that take place. It's been again. a while since I heard somebody speak like that. We used to have friends that live in Newfoundland. Out there, their greeting is, "What are you at?" We're here to talk to you about Disney parks. Disney booze, and a little bit of debauchery in between. So sit back, relax, grab a Molson, your favorite hockey sweater, and enjoy the adult side of Disney with three sheets to the moose. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to record that over. <laughs> so, uh, Julius, let's start with you tonight. Since you're a guest, what are you drinking? I've got, uh, despite having to work tomorrow, I've got two drinks with me. Uh, I have... From Canada, uh, Crown Royal's Northern Harvest Rye, which is excellent. Just a few drops of water in there. And, but Sam Adams is my favorite brewery, so I do have a Sam Adams with me as well. So. That, you know what, that, that Northern Harvest Rye is one of the only 100% rye whiskeys that I've seen on the market. I was, I was going to get some Canadian whiskey, but I decided to go Canadian beer. So I've got uh, La Fine de Mont from... Uh, Unibro, mm-hmm. up in Quebec. They're in uh, Shamble. Well, say it how we say it. Come on, Unibrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Unibrow. Pretty much. yeah. From that's, Unibrow. That's basically Frida. Yeah. Uh, you can you can Unibrow. find this at the Canada Pavilion. It's really good. It's it's some of my favorite Canadian mm-hmm. beer. Yeah, yeah. I've had a couple of those uh, before. They're they're good. They've got some good. They have some good strong ones too. Yeah, it's nine percent. Mm-hmm. It'll get you there. Mikey, what do you got tonight? I'm uh, sipping on a little bit of the monkey shoulder this evening. A little bit of scotch. Ooh. Thought I'd, you know. Dolphin smooth monkey shoulder. Ju- jump in there and have me. Turn uh, on that Dolphin smooth the conversation again, please. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So yeah, that's what I got. I got the monkey shoulder. That you know what? That's a remedy that you can uh, you can deal with with your doctor. Oh, I, I just I, I rub a uh, ointment. Um, okay. Some of that uh, capsaicin. Um, it just the tube looks a lot like my uh, enhancement cream. So you got to be careful what you're putting where. <laughs> As long as you don't totally mix it up and get preparation H. Oh, I was going to say, I, I once put, put, put it on my roids in the damn thing. I thought I was Pinocchio <laughs> up my ass or something. It was just it's a bad deal. Turned really pink and large and it was just hanging out there. I was able to, to spin like a top. For those that don't know, the Monkey Shoulder Whiskey is actually named after an ailment uh, named for uh, the, the malt turner. So when they would, when they would malt the whiskey... They would have to dry it, but in order to dry it, you have to turn it with these like shovel things. And so the the guys would be like digging down, and they'd have one shoulder lower than the other, and that became known as monkey shoulder. So Tim, what do you got tonight? Well, yesterday we went to uh, a place that opened up about a year ago by us uh, called Pocono Brewing Company. We brew their own beer on site, and it's actually really good. We had a a sampling. We did a flight of all. You didn't do a flight. You did a cross-country tour. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, they asked us how we wanted to fly. So I was like, can we get all of them? And it was 12 beers. <laughs> there were so, two can we of get us. a flight? There were two of us. All Four ounces, 48-ounce worth of beer between two people. That's 24 ounces. That's one tall boy. That's one... Yeah, that's not a lot. It's not, a lot. It's not terribly And some lot. of them were ciders that were like four and five. Nothing. I don't think ending was over 7%. Yes, there was. That's the one I didn't buy. It was the 8%. And I'm like, if I record drinking oh, that, yeah, I'm that's not going to make it through. He wanted to buy a growler <laughs> of that. Because they sell they sell <laughs> everything they make in growlers, and they have a limited selection in six packs. And I've got, it's a it's called Wally Wilson American <coughs> IPA. And it's named after uh, a town up here in Pennsylvania called Wilsonville, which is just south of Lake Wall and Pulpack. It's really I thought good. it was somewhere between Dennis the Menace and Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> that's probably where they got the original name I mean for... yeah that's what it sounds like Wally Wilson sounds like a character that would you know be a crossover from both uh, yeah both from the shows. 50s sitcom yeah nice nice what, what, so it's an American IPA yeah very hoppy nice. I love hoppy beers but I'm allergic to it so if I start getting congested halfway through the show you know why they'll pay the price in the morning yep. mm-hmm. Adam what do you got tonight I also have Pocono Brewing Company, but I went with the Poco Wachini, or however you say it. It basically means uh, two hills with a creek running through it. It's basically what the Poconos are named for, So, and it's just a golden ale, and it's actually really damn tasty. I, uh, we, we liked everything there except for the Nitro IPA, I think. I hate Nitro. Yeah, they had a Nitro what... version of this Wally Wilson, and it wasn't... That That's kind of what the La Fin de Mon is. It's kind of like a golden ale. I like that. I yeah, really it's do. It's really not, tasty. Not overly hoppy, mm-hmm. but just a good amount and, you know, nice and crisp. They had an it's apple a little cider. bitter at the end. And yeah. There's not, it just, it's not that over, I, I'm not a fan of IPAs. I don't get bitter for bitter sake, so I'd much prefer Oh, the overly like hoppy. Yeah. How much mm-hmm. How much hops can we stack into this, this uh, brew? Yeah. When they, when they hit like, you know, sixty IBUs, whatever that means, I don't I don't know what that means. But national like, bitterness units. Yeah, it's, we had to it's, look that up. Uh, too much. Yeah, I had to look it up yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> too much for me. I think this one is is like 
38 or 40. No, it's higher than that. Mine is like is, in the hold on, I have 40s. A of the list. Yours is, I want to say 60 to 70. And then oh, yeah, 60. This one is actually 60. So he's he's definitely going to pay. And that. yours is five. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not about the hoppy IPA flavor. It just doesn't. No, do no, you're not. If if it's yours is five, it's not. You're not about those hops. Mm. They had a, a, a really cider nice from. that was really good, and it wasn't overly sweet, and it was like six point seven percent maybe which is high for a cider. It was and really it was good. Tart. It was very tart. It was actually like a tart cider. It was really tasty. Can you really taste the alcohol in that, though? <laughs> Do what? I'm sorry? Julius? In, in a cider like that, like, can you taste the alcohol more so than anything else? Because that, that's the only thing that bugs me about, like, a strong cider. No, it actually just tasted really like... Taste it tastes like a regular cider. Yeah, it was that's a very... Good. Just, it was balanced. It's, yeah, it wasn't overly sweet like regular ciders are. It was tart. You could taste the, the cinnamon, the, the apple. It was really good. Nice. I never quite got into cider. I, it's me, just not a drink that I've liked. But I liked that one. I don't like sweet or overly sweet, mm-hmm. and this yeah. was nowhere near that. And then they had a brown chai ale. That was really good, too. That, that, that just sounds good. not good. It almost tasted like a cider, but it wasn't. Mm. A yeah, brown it was, chai It was called Fireside ale. Apple Chai. It, it was, was really good. It was a brown ale. It was really good. That might be good, because you get, like, that spice from the chai tea. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And brown, I mean, brown ales tend to lend to, like, the coffee-flavored drinks, the coffee-flavored uh, ales. I don't know. I'd give that a... I'd was, g- I, look. There was one they had... I'll try anything once. That was our favorite. It was... They called it the Snickerfurkin. <laughs> the what? Snickerfurkin. <laughs> and then... They, well, bless you. <laughs> they call yeah, it a whiskey order. vice. Because what the guy did was he emptied a bourbon barrel and filled it with this beer, this vice... And let it sit. I think she said oh, nice. it was like three months. And it was so good. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Ultimate Epcot. All of us at Three Sheets to the Mouse are glad to have you with us as we go through land by land, pavilion by pavilion, and choose the greatest and best of all Epcot. And now, for the safety of those around you, we ask that you grab your drink, walk slowly to the person next to you, and toast them. Welcome to Ultimate Epcot. So tonight, uh, there's a reason we have Julius on tonight, and uh, we're heading to the Great White North, Canada. Mm-hmm. Big, wide, where it <laughs> snows 365 <laughs> days a year. Great White North. <laughs> Should I interject? Like, no, those are lies. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to check out the Canadian Pavilion over at Epcot. So we are we are officially embarking on part two of our ultimate Epcot that we started many, many, many episodes ago uh, with Tim and Adam. 
and I, and we went through Future World. So we're going to go through World Showcase over the next few months. We're going to go through World Showcase. We're going to talk about all the pavilions and what's the best version of each. So we're going to create the ultimate Canadia right here and for, for you guys. So we thought no better way than to bring Storybook Julius, who is from Canada, Allegedly. across the border. <laughs> friends, friends with mooses. Mm-hmm. It would be mooses or mees. Mees. Mees moosen. Moosen. There was a comedian that had a whole bit about that. It was great. Yeah. Big fan of beaver tails. Yes. That's a pastry. You'll get oh, okay. That. I thought that was uh, a new that kind was of uh, waxing. <laughs> It is I a pastry from there. from the uh, Canadian capital of Ottawa. That's where you will find a beaver tail. Well, the authentic beaver tails, anyways. And ca- and he also likes caribou. Coincidentally, so he's that's all- also where the mullet originated from, though. <laughs> the <beaver laughs> yeah, <really>? mullet. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna head over to Canada. So uh, Tim, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, the history of Canada, not the country, the pavilion. Oh, I was just say I didn't research the country now. <laughs> It was British. It was British, and then it was... And French. French, and then... All right, so when Disney wanted to open the the Canadian Pavilion, they actually went to the Canadian government and asked them for financial support to do it, and Canada pretty much told them no. (laughs) Because they were concerned about the stereotypes that Disney wanted to put in the pavilion. Oh, we're sorry. No, I'm sorry. Just can't do it. Lumberjack. What stereotypes? wait, wait, wait. Disney was stereotypical with things? No. <laughs> no. Wait, there are stereotypes about Canada? <laughs> I mean, look, to, to pull the shade uh, out of the curtain here, uh, Julius is not wearing plaid. I, I'm sorry, guys. He's not wearing plaid. He doesn't have an axe with him. He's not a lumberjack. But he does have a lumberjack. What are those hats with the flaps and the fur in them? <laughs> I do have one of those. He, oh, you do have one, but you're not wearing it now, though. <laughs> have you got apple bottom uh, jeans, apple bottom jeans or boots, boots with, with the, the fur? fur. Hats do you with own the flaps. <laughs> hat with the flap. <laughs> the hat with the flap is great because you don't have to wear a coat if you're wearing one of those. How does he that doesn't work? Doesn't wear a coat. <laughs> oh, you just keep keep so much warmth inside. You know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> he goes. This guy probably goes out in like six degree weather. And oh, just it's a like, little nippy. Oh, it's summer. <laughs> I was wearing shorts yesterday and today. <clears throat> and what was the weather up there? Uh, 15 Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit. That's about 47, 50. Yeah. 50s, yeah. 50 40, something? Yeah. Then that's not awful. That's like 58. Oh, that's warm. That's warm. It was 64 today and I still had on a jacket. <laughs> and <laughs> jeans. Well, you're not, super you're not acclimated, Tim. <laughs> My no. garage is 64 degrees right now. I'm in shirts and a t-shirt. Shorts and a t I don't know. I've got underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> shirts and a t-shirt. Not for long. Not I yet. put my pants on. <laughs> I'm in shirts and a t-shirt. You can lie. We'll never No do. showing the guest at dinner plates, Mikey. <laughs> it's early yet that he's not drunk enough. <laughs> True. <laughs> you don't know when I started. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, Disney actually tried to threaten Canada about pulling the exhibit because they wouldn't fund it, but ultimately they caved and did it anyway. Um, one time during the planning, it was going to be divided in half. On one side of a uh, Main Street was going to be French Canada, and the other side was going to be English Canada. Wait, now I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is there really that much of a division, Julius? Between, like, French and English? Depends where you go. Uh, If you go to Montreal, for example, um, 
everybody speaks English in Montreal for the most part, although they appreciate it if you try to speak to them in French first. Um, but as soon as you get even into the suburbs of Montreal and then into Quebec City and definitely in the boonies in Quebec, it's all French. Um, and, you know, we, we did have a referendum here 20-ish years ago where Quebec was trying to separate from Canada as well. And I think the, the final tally was like 50.4 to 49.6% in favor of staying in Canada. So it was close. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh. wow. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's definitely still some of those divisions, but they're definitely not as prevalent as they used to be. But in terms of language, it's still, uh, if you're outside of Montreal, you'll probably not get too far if you can only speak English. Wow, Quebec is so like, like the Canadian a, it, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Less guns, cool. less cows probably, but yeah. <laughs> and a lot warmer. I'm not talking about the women, Julius. <laughs> That's just rude. <laughs> no, the women in Quebec are very good looking. <laughs> oh, okay, well the ones in Texas are Texans. I was going to say something like really bad, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. This is just going beaver tail. That's all I'm No, I'm just saying. <laughs> I was like, after, before, after they shave. <laughs> I actually know some one people th- from Quebec. They're nice people. One very good thing I'll say about Quebec, though, especially uh, for Americans who have crossed the border in New York State, uh, is that the drinking age in Quebec is 18, yes. uh, whereas in the rest of Canada it's 19, so... If you're if you're turning 18 and you want to go have a party, then uh, just cross the border. Unless you're Bryce Harper, and that's a clown question. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, you just put them that's crickets in right here, Scott. Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> that's a baseball joke. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the design of the pavilion. The main feature of the pavilion is Hotel du Canada. And it's modeled after Chateau Laurier in Ottawa. And it's it's one of the... I don't know. Uh, one of the buildings that utilize forced perspective the most, I think, on Disney property. Because it looks like it's six stories tall. But it's <laughs> yeah, really it only three. Mm-hmm. But how bad do you want to stay in that? I do. Like, I do. wouldn't this be a great place for a... Signature dining restaurant up there. The only thing I'm concerned about, oh, in the basement even perspective, is <laughs> how tall can that ceiling actually be once you get up towards the top? Well, it's probably a two inside. It's probably like a two and a half story building, or two like fifteen foot ceilings. You could do mm, it. probably, probably. And they're using it just for what storage? I think I've heard storage probably just offices and other things. Yeah, yeah. Outside of Hotel du Canada is the gardens, the Victoria Gardens. They're inspired by the Bouchard Gardens near Victoria, British Columbia, and it is makes it makes Canadian Pavilion the largest and most labor-intensive of all of the pavilions in Epcot. The gardens take up probably I would say probably what about seventy percent of. Oh yeah, easily. It's beautiful. I mean, we they're they're probably almost a full uh, a full acre themselves. Yeah. I mean, they're they're massive, and and the sad thing is, you can only walk in the front of them, and there's a large section in the back that is completely cared for by Disney. I mean, they do a great job there. It's beautiful. We actually walked back there for the first time last April 
when we did the Easter egg hunt. Mm -hmm. And it was because there was one back there, and it was like, why haven't we come back here before? It's beautiful. Those are some of my, like, those. That's probably one of the best picture spots in Canada. Mm. And they have that, that be pretty uh, cool pond that runs from well, the waterfall runs runs into the pond. And, mm -hmm. and if you keep walking behind that, and you have the entrance to O Canada. Wouldn't it be cool if they had a tour or something like that, where you could just walk around the Victoria Gardens, like yeah. inside. That'd be pretty uh, neat. Be cool. You know, I'm yeah. kind of surprised they don't because they do that like tea tour through England during um, yeah. Flower and Garden. Right. Yeah, they can have a beer tour to do Canada. Yeah. Oh yes, Molson tour. Molson tour. Well, well, they have the, well, they have the Molson, Molson maple stout during food and uh, food and wine. So I don't know how good that would be. Nice. That could be good. I haven't tried that. So also prevalent in the pavilion are three native totem poles. They are up to 30 feet in height, or 9 meters for you metric Canadians. Yeah, we, let's go meters here. <laughs> Two are made out of fiberglass, and one is carved out of wood. The wooden totem pole depicts the stories of the raven tricking the Sky Chief into the release of the sun, moon, and the stars from a chest. It was carved by the Alaskan artist David A. Boxley, and was put on display in April of 1998. So that's kind of new, actually. Really, really, yeah, fairly new. Twenty mm -hmm. years is new. Well, I mean, considering not. Epcot was opened in '82 and the Canadian Pavilion was opened in '82. Yeah, that's that's. I a, mean, a, I, I've, new. I've only ever been when it's there, so it'll still be on um, the oldie station at twenty years old. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. With Nirvana, actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That hurts my head. We won't talk about that. <laughs> 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 the stacks That's of right. wax here smells like teen spirit. <laughs> Soundgarden. <laughs> there are also three hidden Mickeys in the pavilion. I won't tell them tell you where they are in case you guys are into hunt, hunting them down. But just so you know, there are three. Only three? That's Only it? Only three. Oh. And one of them, I'll give you one of them is actually inside the Sevier, so you have to go in there to find it. <coughs> really? I, I'd never looked for that one. The other building inside that uh, encompasses Canadian, the Canadian Pavilion is the Northwest Mercantile, which is their gift shop. We can find lots of plaid. Kind of like a, yeah, lots of plaid, yeah, hockey plaid. stuff. Flannel. I think we bought, we bought Ethan, uh, because we ran out of pajamas, we bought Ethan a buffalo plaid pajama, like onesie, uh, from there. Nope, nope, nope. I gotta jump in here. How the hell do you run out of pajamas? Okay, so we had dinner that night at Le Cellier, okay, and we forgot to pack his pajamas because when he was one, we took him to the parks and we would basically take pajamas every night to dinner and then like change him into his like pajamas because again, it's December, so it's kind of cool. So we'd change him into like his onesie pajamas at night, and uh, and this is we'll get to my we'll get to this other story in the Le Cellier part when we get to that, but that's where we got pajamas from them and they were buffalo plaid lumberjack pajamas see down here and we, we just throw blankets on kids like if it gets gold <laughs> we just put another fucking blanket on the kid there well, you go. well we were we were at dinner so we figured let's put him in pajamas and if he falls asleep on the way home we could just transfer him to the bed when he get when we get back to the resort I was going to say, it's easy to run out of pajamas when you have a one-year-old, because when they take it one of those is. explosive shits that <laughs> puts that thing beyond well, That's what, that's what I was thinking, is that you have to pack extra of everything. See, I, may, may, maybe the South is different. We don't, I, don't, I don't think I've ever put pajamas 
on a toddler. I just always put clothes on them that, I mean, I, I never called them pajamas. I, I, well, see, the South well, is a different animal going. because you just, we, in the South, we let the kids run around in just a diaper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a different than up here in the North where you actually have to. <laughs> Clothe the kid to keep we, him alive. We clothe our youths. <laughs> well, well, it's not only that. You know, hyperthermia is a thing up here. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's that. But, uh, what? I mean, honestly, the design of this place is absolutely beautiful, and nobody really takes advantage of it to go into the far back of the pavilion and see the 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 grand waterfall back there. I mean, nobody nobody really knows about it. And yeah, it's, walking it's the bridge that's back there gem. as well is really nice. It yeah. is a great bridge. I mean, that, it, it is a great bridge. Um, but, like, everything about this pavilion just, to me, screams Canada. So, Julius, mm -hmm. is it Canadian or Phonadian? I, I would say that the, the outdoor elements of it are very Canadian. So, the waterfall the rock faces, the rapids. So when you're going on that bridge uh, just outside of O Canada that connects to the back of the Victoria Gardens, uh, those rapids are very representative of, like, for example, Northern Ontario, where we have a lot of, uh, like, cottage um, towns and that kind of thing, uh, where basically we head up there in the summer to go kayaking, canoeing, that kind of thing. That That's definitely representative of Canada. Um, the Hotel du Canada is very representative as well of the uh, Chateau Laurier in Ottawa. Um, and uh, the architecture as well is, is representative kind of old style English Canada versus French Canada, that kind of thing. So it's, uh, there, there's a lot of really good elements there. Um, and, uh, and the totem poles definitely also kind of call out to the indigenous culture that exists here as well. But we do at least kind of uh, have those, those recognitions of that culture, which I think is really good. I think it's kind of funny that it was an American artist that designed the, uh, the wood totem pole, not a Canadian artist. But, uh, no, I said he was Canadian. And he's from Alaska. He was is Alaskan. It? Man, Alaska yeah. is like... <clears throat> It's like Canada, Canada West. Yeah, Canada yeah. White. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Continue with the kind of outdoor entertainment aspect of this. Uh, the pavilion's always been host to some some form of entertainment. Now, I think this is where we're going to get into a little phonadian here. A lot of lot phonadian. Of phonadian. <laughs> a lot of phonadian. <laughs> so, the, one one of the first acts that ever showed up at the uh, at the Canada Pavilion. Was the maple leaf brass okay? Now, I you know I never saw these guys. They were around from 1988 to 1990, so not very long. They were, um, uh, let's just say, they were lumberjacks uh, playing a five-piece brass band, and they played kind of like jazz music. So, Julius, Canadian? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this honestly seemed like something that just got thrown together at the last minute. Yeah, are we playing the game that's a or nay? Is that what this is? <laughs> a. Well, I've just I, jazz music was created down south. That doesn't I make know, any sense. I know. Doesn't get and more like, anti-Canadian than that. And like the th the thing is, these guys are wearing like plaid shirts and like high-waisted, like, Lederhosen-style pants Whoa. with, like, the lumberjack hats. No, it was so phonadian. Yeah. Now, if I can 
defend a little bit of the jazz portion of it because my Mon- understanding Montreal Montreal has the jazz festival for sure um, but even a lot of I believe that a lot of people that live in New Orleans that call themselves Cajuns that was a slang term dating back from the war of 1812 right. uh, when a lot of uh, British soldiers and stuff like that ended up coming south that were Acadians and then it became slang and became Cajuns so my understanding is that a lot of people from down there were originally Canadian or well British basically at, at the time because it wasn't Canada yet but look at this guy bringing legitimacy to this podcast <laughs> holy oh, shit they don't call like, they get storybook t- for nothing well yeah. they get taught history in Canada <laughs> <laughs> that's true <laughs> That said, though, still a phonadian. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After all that, yeah, no, it's still it, a phonadian. I encourage you to go look them up on YouTube. There's there's a couple of videos in which I watched, and I was like, what the hell is this? So now what kind of music did they play since you watched it? I mean, jazz I get, but was it like like blues? So, was it? So the first song was Ain't Misbehavin', okay, which is like a New Orleans Dixie-style jazz. Yeah. No sense. And then it was uh, Glenn Miller's uh, "Everybody Swing." I know, right? So it was it was definitely anything but Canadian. Uh, so the next act was the Caledonian Bagpipe Trio, and this ran from like 1990 to 1997. And it was basically three guys playing bagpipes. the The lead of this was Jamie Holton, that we'll come into later, uh, and they would just play this bagpipe music in the pavilion on and off for about. The, about a seven-year period of time. So, Julius, bagpipes, mm-hmm. Canadian? Bagpipes are Canadian. Okay, okay. Of, uh, well, it's because a lot of the immigrants that came here back in the day. Uh, from Scotland. And, yeah, from Scotland, for sure. And okay. and there is definitely a really big Scottish Highland culture that exists in Canada. A good friend of mine who is in the Canadian Navy as well, he plays the bagpipes. Uh, so there, there's definitely a, a history of it here. And the town of Caledonia is just outside of my hometown of Hamilton, Ontario, as well. So it would be cool if they were actually from Caledonia. But <laughs> why do you have to say the H word? The H word? You didn't. Oh, keep on talking. Hamilton. Not that Hamilton, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's a dirty word on the. That's the only word on the show we cannot say. <laughs> hey, Adam. Adam. Fun fact. I almost listened to it the other day, and then I got busy doing stuff. I'm not going to lie. Fun fact, Adam, my dad was born in Hamilton, Ohio. Of course he was. That makes <laughs> so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after 1997, this is where we come to, I think, the crown jewel of Canadian – or the the Canadian entertainment in Canada's uh, pavilion, and that's off-kilter. Mm-hmm. So this band consisted of Jamie Holton from that, that bagpipe trio we just mentioned. Uh, Jamie Holton is from um, Florida. He, Sorry. He played, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> he played along with Mark Weldon <laughs> from Ireland, uh, Scott Zamowski from Florida, and Randy <laughs> Holbrook from Florida. And they they formed Off Kilter, which was this uh, Highland kind of rock band. They played uh, what they called Canadian rock music. Um, some of some of my favorite songs, and I will listen to their album over and over again because I love this. Uh, Fields of Athen Rye is a great song that they sing. Uh, the Roven dies hard. Uh, Whiskey in a jar. Uh, 
Greenfields of France. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, leaving Liverpool. Uh, honestly, their music to me is what drew me to this pavilion in the first place. I remember going to see them in, in 2000 and just stopping and watching them play for 40 minutes, and they're amazing. Now, they did play Mikey, Summer of 69, by... Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Who is? Canadian. Canadian. Yes. Shit, I wouldn't know where he's from. <laughs> oh. Every- but this was before Bieber, because he's Canadian. Yes. Yeah, and you know what? They will even take him back. We're stuck with his ass. (laughs) Yes, you are. Mm -hmm. You're stuck with him. You're stuck with Celine. Oh, God. I think the greatest singer in all the world. I think. Didn't someone lose a bet for Bieber in some sports bet? Was that Toronto and Baltimore or something like that? In the baseball playoffs? Not sure. I don't know. We lost a bet and we had to keep Bieber forever, so. Forever. Um, yeah, so Off Kids are played from 1997 to uh, September 27, 2014. That was their last performance. Their last performance was so well attended that they actually had to be escorted off stage by Disney security. They played for two hours. Their last set was supposed to last for 40 minutes. They lasted for two hours. So, Julius, Canadian, Phonadian. So despite the fact that none of the members are from Canada, <laughs> but Florida is the place where Canadians go to die. Um, so they, they get honorary status that way. No, they, they were fantastic. Like I got to see them in 2013. And what I really liked about them is that it, even though they weren't Canadian, they seem to really pay attention to a lot of Canadian music and a lot of what makes Canadian music unique, especially stuff from the East Coast. Uh, because that's where you get a lot of like Celtic influences. Um, there's a, a band that we have here from Newfoundland called Great Big Sea uh, that really embodies that like Celtic uh, feeling. They play a lot of traditional songs. They do a few original songs as well. Um, but uh, and I know that Off Kilter has played a couple of their songs as well. Um, some of those traditional Newfoundland Irish uh, songs. So they, uh, to me, they get a big thumbs up in my book in terms of Canadianness. Yeah, they, I mean, they were just good, fun music to sit and watch. And they played out... Uh, so they were the first to play out over the, at the mill stage right in front of the pavilion. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were that, that stage was actually built for them. Now, that stage didn't die when they died. Or when, no, they, when the band have. died out. Should have. Yeah, they should have. <laughs> they should have burnt it to the ground after that. Because the next entertainment was the Canadian Lumberjack Show. Now, Mikey, did you get to see this? No. Okay. Counter Adam, Tim, I know you guys saw a little bit of this. Yes, we walked right past it. We saw it. Julius, did you get to see this at all? Unfortunately, yes. How bad was this show? It was, I, what bothered me about it is that it was boring, for one thing. Yes. It wasn't compelling in any way to actually go and stand there and watch it. Um, and all the, the, the performers that were involved just looked like they were really bored and would rather be anywhere else. And when you don't have that passion or anything like that, it really comes off. And boring is probably the best word, I think, for that. Yeah. It seemed, sure. and, and Julius is right, it seemed very displaced. Like, it felt like nobody really was there to entertain the crowd, and they were just, like, going through the motions. Now, I, I never saw it. Can, can you... 
explain it to me. Oh, oh, all right, I, I so yeah, well, my it. real issue with it before we start is it felt like a very scripted, poorly executed <laughs> reality show. Right. So, and there was contests and all this other nonsense, and you knew what was going to happen before it actually went through the motions and like cheering, and it just, it just fell very, very flat. Yeah. So, so basically, the show consisted of five lumberjacks. One guy was the host, and there was a red team and a blue team, and they would go through different competitions. It would be anything from uh, solo chainsaw, you know, where they saw the giant log. Mikey, let me let me tell you this. Do, do, do it this way. Let's go back to Branson and go back to the still lumberjack contest in Branson, Missouri. You're, Televised on ESPN3. You're, you're by yourself at the still lumberjack okay. yeah. well, <laughs> You but, are by yourself at the But, but the, the problem is with that is that at least that's not scripted. And no, no, acted. that was a real competition. <laughs> so basically these guys would do the competition. They would do the... Uh, like solo chainsaw, they would have the tandem saw brought out. They would throw axes, log rolling. Uh, it, it just everything felt forced with this mm. and so, disjointed. So it's basically yeah. like going to a monster truck show or a tractor pull, and when they have the quad races in the middle of it, racing for your state or the neighboring state, your state always ends up winning, but they make it just close enough to piss everybody off because they've been pounding Budweisers all night. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. But That's, they don't have the captive audience. Yeah, not a captive audience. Yeah, no, you, you paid twenty two fifty to sit down with your earplugs on. So yeah, you're, you're yay Arkansas, boo Oklahoma. Cause, yeah, yeah this Oklahoma. you didn't pay anything for except for your admission to Epcot. You stood and watched it for a few minutes said, yeah, this is dumb, and you moved on. Uh, yeah, and you that's, walked that's away. No and the worst part of this was you could hear this all the way across the lagoon. I don't remember oh. hearing it across the lagoon, but it was it was pretty loud. I just remember drinking. So. <coughs> Could be why I don't remember. So. so they had a short run. They only lasted about a year. Uh, and then over the last uh, three years, they've kind of had a revolving door of acts. Everything from Alberta Bound, which is kind of like Canadian folk music. Um, they've been okay, but, you know, the whole point of this after after Off Kilter was to have a ongoing short series of acts and then move them on to the next thing. So, uh, Julius, did you ever see Alberta Bound? No. Yeah, I, don't, I never well, saw him. The last time I was there was 2014, so the last uh, Mill Street, or uh, Mill Stage band that I saw was the uh, the Lumberjacks, unfortunately. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then after Alberta Bound, we got the Le Parfait Circus Troupe. So this is essentially where... Um, uh, Cirque du Soleil came from. So Cirque du Soleil came from Montreal. It was kind of a street performing circus kind of thing. This was very much that. It was music, acrobatics, juggling. Uh, they they played for about six months, moved on. Uh, Raffi, which is from Montreal, mm-hmm. uh, Canadian, like right? The real Raffi, yep. not that Raffi. Raffi. Oh, Raffi. <laughs> it's a quartet. R a f f y. Yeah. Oh, not with the eye. And mm-hmm. so my my issue with an act like Rafi, Rafi, however they pronounce it. So I mean, they they're from Montreal, so I guess they're authentically Canadian in that regard. But if I'm kind of walking by the pavilion, I'm not going to be drawn in by a bar band playing a Bon Jovi cover. 
you know, especially if they're at the Canada Pavilion. Um, now, like, average American tourists may not know what some of our, uh, like, kind of, like, really good music is, uh, because you're exposed mostly to, like, Justin Bieber and Celine Dion and Carly Rae Jepsen and acts like that, whereas, you know, we know that we've got Leonard Cohen and the Tragically Hip and Sloan and um, Sam Roberts and bands like that. And so, like, when I'm in the pavilion, if there's going to be, like, a bar band, basically, that's playing covers and stuff like that, that's what I want to hear, um, because that'll kind of harken back home for me uh is hearing uh bob cajun by the tragically hip or you know like, like one of those kind of songs or something by great big c not living on a prayer <laughs> which <laughs> like i saw um you know raffi playing on on youtube so you know that's the kind of thing i think that they've got to fix and you know get them to play some canadian songs and expose people to something new it's epcot it's about education as well as entertainment so give me a rush car band yeah. Oh, that yes. Yes. Oh, listen. Rush is oh. retired. Give me actual Rush. <laughs> <laughs> what I wouldn't give to hear YYZ being played. Uh, he said Zed. He said awesome. Zed. I did. Zed, yeah. yeah, I know. He did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> even though, even here, we pronounce the airport card, code YYZ, I had to throw that in there. So, <laughs> okay, now. Just give me Tom Sawyer on a loop, and I'm fine. No, oh, no, yeah. no I'm not that Tom. Just give me you Perk oh, playing God, drums no, for three hours a night. Oh, uh, man, that would be awesome. Uh, uh, no, um, no. Um, now I have a question. Would you prefer something more, like, not necessarily popular? Like, when you think about the China, China Pavilion, mm -hmm. they have the drummers. They're not actually paying, like, Japan. Chinese pop. Jap oh, the Japan has the drummers. The Chinese yes. have the acrobats. I'm yes. sorry. No, they have the, Japan has the drummers. They're not paying J-pop. You know what I'm saying? Which mm -hmm. which could they could actually do at this point because it's become yeah. like this huge thing. What which would you prefer? Would you prefer something more traditional Canadian or would you prefer a cover band? Bring back off kilter. That's what he said. Oh yeah. great, Julius, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I totally. agree. Bring back off kilter. Yeah, you sound exactly <laughs> like him, Scott. Off kilter does both, right? So Yes. Why not? Like yeah, if you can if you can find a band that'll pull off both, I think that would be great. I mean I, I since off kilter, nothing has ever drawn my attention. No. And because I, for me, off kilter was just a good band that would get the crowd into it, that would get you dancing for a little bit, and you didn't even have to watch the full show. But like, you would stop there, listen to a couple songs, then move on. And there was a petition to bring them back, mm -hmm. but it didn't work. They actually went on tour. Uh, yeah, they actually petitioned to bring everything that closes back to Disney. Yeah. You can actually find um, Off Kilter around Orlando. They still are in Orlando. Well, they all are from Florida. Majority of them are from <laughs> yeah. Florida, so that yeah. kind of makes sense. It's not like they and moved to Canada. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, they have been in Ohio. They're, they did tour in Ohio for a little bit. No shit. Yeah. Why Ohio? Uh, there's a big like Celtic uh, festival that goes on in Ohio every year that they go to. They toured the country for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right now, there is one. Uh, there is an act there called Saroy, which is a Cajun, Celtic, blue bluegrass, and rock music band. That's uh, opening up this this month, actually, just last week, and they'll be there through the end of July. So, interesting mix since off kilter. I th I think they're just trying to keep it fresh. And find something that kind of just works for a little bit, and then move on. 
They haven't said who's going to be there in November yet, have they? No, no, you'll. No, you'll they f- wouldn't say that. Something far out. Honestly, you f- like these these pop these are like kind of like pop up shop bands where they kind of like just bring someone in and say, okay, you know, <clears throat> the Disney Parks blog will release like a um, like a blog about quickly. Oh, next week at Canada will be this band for the next six weeks, and you'll you can find them. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, and then they'll list the show times. Like they don't have a they don't have a set band there. They don't have like a, a real kind of home for that for that pavilion, unfortunately. But it makes sense though, because they're not going to I don't think they want another situation like Off Kilter. Like yeah. Where mm-hmm. they became actually more popular than anything going on in that pavilion. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you didn't go to Canada to see Canada. You went to Canada to watch Off Kilter. Mm-hmm. And that creates a different kind of problem. At least in my opinion, it, it creates a traffic jam. You're not going to actually... You're seeing a cover band at the end of the day that's yeah. covering other people's music. You're not actually going to experience the pavilion. You're not spending money. It, yeah, you're seeing them for free, basically. Like mm-hmm. you know, other than your your park admission, obviously, that gets you a whole lot more. So, yeah. So no rush is what you're saying. No, <laughs> no rush. Uh. Get- Getty Lee has season tickets to the Blue Jays, so as long as the Jays are playing, you'll be seeing him at the stadium. He sits right behind home plate. Yeah. Does he really? He does, second yeah. row behind home plate. Yeah. You'll see him in his sunglasses and a baseball hat. With all this talk about music, let's get on to the f- the food of Canada. Okay. Now this sounds just like a disconnect. From Le Cellier's early days, it actually wasn't what we have right now. It actually started out life as sort of like a cafeteria style. It was a place where you can grab like just a quick food, a tray, pick up food from a line, pay at the register, find a table, and sit. And that lasted till about 1997. I yeah. have no clue about this, and I looked and I looked and I looked, and I couldn't find a menu. I couldn't find anything. If if this is in the same building, this would be the most poorly planned quick service ever, because that's not a big space. But it's just a quick service. Yeah. I mean, you look at a lot of the quick service throughout Epcot, at least the land pavilions, and you don't have like these huge quick service areas. You have booths you have like walkthroughs the only one that really has one is the france pavilion yeah it has a huge indoor seating area i guess it's kind of like along the lines of katsura grill up in uh in japan where Mm -hmm. it's really just a small small hut yeah small hut yeah so i mean it kind of makes sense i don't think i would necessarily eat there then you have and i'm gonna kill this so i apologize to all french speakers (laughs) in the world so Tim's Lop- cringing right now. Oh, no, he makes... No, 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 no. He's not <laughs> cringing. He enjoys... <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> because I've told the story on the podcast where he made me try to order the Grand Marnier slushy in French. No, it wasn't the Grand Marnier flush- slushy. It was um, something in the food booth. Oh, uh, La Vie en yeah. Rose? No, it no, was... No, that uh, I could say. The, the escargot, but... <laughs> no, it wasn't escargot. It was something else. It was some drink. Was it the drink? Yes. My grandmother was French. She was from Paris. So So I'm asking him how to say this, and he's like, no, just go ahead, try. try. (laughs) Chivalry. 
<laughs> it was not good. They laughed at me, and then Tim had to order. Je voudrais. It was bad. Je voudrais. So it's La Boutique de Province. Province. Yeah, it's not bad. Provence. In yes. you, Provence. Yeah, Provence. There's an S. So I don't understand. <laughs> and that's you don't say located. The S. You don't say, yeah, it's silent. Yeah, Adam. Adam, much like Jersey, they don't pronounce all the letters up there in France. No, we just add letters in New York. So <laughs> I mean that we add letters and subtract syllables. Exactly. <laughs> and that was located located in the Hotel du Canada, and that sells Anne of Green Gables gifts, Blue Mountain pottery, along with various handcrafted souvenirs. Can I be so? Is Anna? Can I be ignorant for a second? And just was Anne only a second? Yeah, just 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 for a second. Is Anne of Green Gables a French a Canadian thing? Yeah. Pretty sure, yeah, it's from. I was okay. Out east. I, I wasn't aware there were gingers up there. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are everywhere. Like yeah, I know. Well, I, we, I <laughs> we watched a lot of Anna Green Gables growing up. My sister watched, so I, that's why I was like, "Well, it's, but yeah." Looking back at it, it was like a little house on the way north prairie. Well, I mean, it was it was immensely popular in the mid '80s. So, I mean, this was like prime time uh, TV. I can honestly say I've never watched this. My show. sister used to watch it. Yeah, my sister watched a lot of it. That's how you know. I'm not. I never watched an episode. A lot of stuff is filmed here too, but it isn't Canadian. Oh, ton of stuff is filmed up in Canada. Canada. Yeah, like the X Files was filmed here for yep. the longest time. And oh, what was the show I loved? Uh, not, no, not Downton Abbey. There, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll find it eventually. I was, I'll, I'll I was literally going to say Downton Abbey when he said, "What's a show no, I love?" No, that was filmed. That's that was where filmed my brain in, went. Yeah, that was filmed in in the UK. There's a show that I really London. like. The London. Oh, Game of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Game of Thrones is filmed in Canada. A portion. Some, some of it. Some of it. Filmed everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a lot in Canada. Like yeah. Toronto. No, they do a lot in Europe. They do a lot. Well, in they do a lot in Ireland too. Yeah, Ireland's the new place to film everything. It's the new New Zealand. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, because we all needed this in our lives. Oh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> we have the Beaver Tail kiosk cart, which sold Beaver Tail goods. And that closed in 2005. Is this like such a, like, what the heck's a Beaver Tail good? Well, it's better than a Beaver Tail bad. <laughs> <laughs> A, a beaver tail is a pubic bullet. <laughs> a beaver tail that's good actually never closes, Adam. <laughs> and does not smell like a mullet. And all I'm thinking of for some reason when I say beaver tails is like a platypus tail for some reason. Well, that's what they look like. like. Flat and like... Kind of oh, well, I think, I think there's a lot of people just... Imaginations are running wild right now. Yes. We're gonna get a but lot Julius, of freaks on a that. lot of you. <laughs> so Julius, Julius, tell us what, tell us what this actually is. Not. It's uh, it's just a fried dough pastry, um, and I mean like they, like I've had like Italian versions of it, like where it's just basically dough that's deep fried and oil and that's all it is like it usually like dusted with like uh icing sugar or something like that um i i haven't had a authentic one um the couple times i've been to ottawa i never 
had one. Um, but the reason that they got really kind of into the public conscience, consciousness was because when Barack Obama visited Ottawa for the first time, he had to go and get one. And so the motorcade pulled up to like this little pastry shop and he went out and got one and um, the proprietor didn't charge him for it. And that was basically it. And <laughs> that's the reason that kind of everybody down south started to uh, uh, get wise to what, what they were. But that's basically all it is, just deep fried dough. Okay. It's ba- basically now, a basically a long like. Um, there's no wait. There's no good way to ask this question, but I'm mm-hmm. going to ask it anyway. <laughs> Are the beaver tails filled with cream? <laughs> I, I don't think not that I know of. <laughs> what about like a no. like 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 a cherry filling? Oh, Do they oh offer God. that like every Holy three fuck. four weeks or so? Maybe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know it's kind of yeasty because it is bread. That's true. It's, it's kind of flat. <laughs> so what the I, beaver I'm tail is basically a, a... By the way, do not Google beaver tail. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure if you do Google beaver tail, Google beaver tail pastry. <laughs> Does it, yeah. Don't do it at work, for God's sake. <laughs> yes, don't do it at work. We don't recommend that. It, it looks like a flat... A flat donut? But with yeah. toppings. It, it, a lot of the yeah. pictures have toppings on them. Is that yeah. a thing? The toppings? Yeah, yeah. Like the, so what do you put, put like, on chocolate top of on? Tail. Anything you want. <laughs> well, that's where you could put the cream filling. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck! So, so it's a glazed beaver tail then. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, Mikey! <laughs> no, you, you you put. I mean, you've got the beaver tail. You you just it's a, you, you, and, and then Julius. You, he's <laughs> never coming on the show again. Yeah, you want to glaze it? I know. <laughs> Beaver tail sandwich? <laughs> Beaver tail burger. <laughs> well, now we're now we've got ketchup and mayonnaise and mustard and some all-American no. beef. If you fold it in half, does it make a moose knuckle? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> All right, let's go. Going back on track. Oh, this train, man. this train is going ninety miles an hour down the. You know, we've we've, we've <laughs> taken Canada, which which is like you know, perceivably one of the more wholesome. And we ruined it. So so lots of good food there, but finally, in two thousand ten ish, we're not quite sure. I'm sorry. From nineteen ninety seven on, we had the original Lucelia Steakhouse. Which was a lot of fun. Very relaxed. Kind of like how I pictured like Canada to be more. Waiter, wait staff was extremely friendly. It wasn't all that outrageously priced. And then 2010-ish happened. Yeah. And we got the two-credit Uber-de-Duber Lee Cellier Signature Dining Steakhouse, which I honestly can't stand. And uh, for me, have you eaten, um, Julius, at the original Lasalle? Not the original. First time I okay. was there was two thousand January twenty thirteen. Okay, so yeah. now, from what I even looked at online, and I was looking <laughs> at restaurants when I kind of rethemed this restaurant for myself. What What are your thoughts of this restaurant? Like your honest Canadian thoughts. I guess. <laughs> well, I, I've been there. I've been there three times um, because okay. I I love the food um, and the desserts as well. 
are very good. Okay. Um, I get the, uh, um, what's it called? The mushroom risotto filet every time oh, I go. Yeah. And I love it. So I don't, I don't have any complaints though? about the, well, I, it is in that, that we, we, we enjoy our steak. We enjoy our meat. Uh, here are the, uh, <laughs> uh, here are the culture too is, um, uh, like from Alberta, the province of Alberta, that's where we do get a lot of our meat from because they have a big ranching, um, industry out there and farming industry and everything. So it's kind of a, a big deal for something to be like grade A Alberta beef. So that's, uh, that's why the, the steak part fits in really well. Um, and then, uh, other than that, in terms of the food, like, I mean, the, the cheddar cheese soup is definitely a very French-Canadian Quebec type of thing. Um, the poutine there, though, is not authentic Canadian no. poutine. It's bougie. It is. And it bugs me because, like, to me, uh, well, a poutine is just fries, cheese curds, and gravy. In that order, because then you want the hot gravy to melt the cheese curds all over everything. Um, I've seen some places, and I've heard that the poutine place in in, uh, Disney Springs does this too. They put the curds on top of the gravy, which doesn't make any sense. Heresy! Yeah. So, yeah, but I was asking one of the servers at Le Cellier about the poutine there, and they basically said that because it's an upscale restaurant, the chef did not want to basically put, like, street meat type poutine on the menu he wanted it to be bougie well i mean it has truffle oil and all this other stuff yeah and it's like a red wine reduction sauce instead of gravy and it's but but meanwhile like a lot of americans are eating it and they're like oh this tastes really good And, and yes it does taste good i will say that like it like i did have it one time and actually my wife liked it because she doesn't like gravy so she she did eat that and said oh this is actually poutine that i'll eat um but yeah i was just like yeah it tastes good but it's not poutine like it's not the same thing and you shouldn't call it that if if you're going that off script with it yeah so Fair like enough. like back here in jersey we have something called disco fries mm-hmm. which is basically fries and then instead of cheese curds we do mozzarella cheese mm-hmm. and then throw the gravy on top of that and it's very similar uh, if you try to bougie that up, I just don't think it works. It's it, it sounds well, like... Well, you're also not eating said disco fries at True. 3 o'clock in the morning, coming home from a bar or a club. I mean, that's, there's a little yeah. bit of a difference. Yeah. That's there. why they call them disco fries. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like, like actual... I mean, again, you're talking to an Arkansan here, so what the fuck do I know about anything except chocolate gravy? But it sounds like... <laughs> Poutine is just one of those, you know, foods that's just, uh, I don't want to say like necessarily a, a staple in Canada, but it's just, it's its not something that you, you suss up, okay? It's just, it, mm-hmm. like down here. Yeah, it, it's a street it, food. It would, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's a three ingredient <clears throat> food, and when you, when you do anything, when you dick around with it, you fuck it up. It's like somebody sussing up sausage and gravy. You can't right. fuck with basic <laughs> sausage and gravy. Now, here are a lot of pubs that you'll go to. They'll have three or four different poutines on the menu. Like, they'll have the classic, and then they might do one. Like, there's a pub that I go to after softball games that'll do one where they basically take a burger, like just the patty, and they'll cut it in half and put that on top. Um, So you get a... (laughs) They call it, like, a double cheeseburger poutine, or you'll get pulled pork put on top of it, or buffalo chicken. And 
and those are good too. Julius, do you want do you want to you want to go in with uh, Three Sheets Nation and open up a Canadian uh, restaurant in downtown Disney <laughs> <laughs> to do it the right way? Because even even just hearing you describe your your free range Albertian cattle steaks. <laughs> And God, I, I was just thinking, I want a Canadian steak right now, and I'm—I I want it to say that it's well, we sorry whenever I cut into it. Well, the thing is, with we have like almost a poutinery, <laughs> I guess you would call it, where they do actually make it the right way, where they put the cheese curds and yeah. then the gravies and stuff on top. Freets, right. and it's a chain. Yeah, it's called Freets. Don't ask me that. Okay, just come to Arkansas, and, and we'll open up. A, we'll set up a food truck. All right, oh. but I'm only bringing Canadian money with me. Oh, Whatever. Crap. My a wife's loony. a banker. She'll exchange it. I mean, we may lose some money on that, but it'll it'll it'll, it'll, it'll wash out. It's a hard pass for me. It's not worth much, but it looks nice. <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> it is pretty. It's got a bird on it. And each okay. each each denomination is a different color. Yep. The interior is this wine cellar kind of thing. Is like I don't think I've ever had a Canadian wine. That I can honestly clearly remember is wine like a big thing in Canada that you make there. It's become a big thing, um, especially okay. where where I am. So I'm in southern Ontario, and the Niagara wine region is huge now. Like there are wineries everywhere in kind of like the southeastern tip of uh, of Ontario, kind of when you're getting close to the uh, the border with New York. Um, so that whole area is just like all wineries pretty much now. Um, and there's some really good ones. There are some really shitty ones too. Uh, but there's uh, but one of the big things with the wineries now is that you uh, they'll host weddings and stuff. So I've been to five or six weddings at wineries as well. And those have been some of the, the better weddings that I've been to as well, just because if you have a really, really good local wine that's there on your table, it, you're going to go through it really fast. So blame Ca- I think we can blame California for that whole movement of the winery. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> w- w- one of the big things here too. It's the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> that's a good movie. Um, but uh, one of the big things here too is ice wine as well. Um, so they'll they'll harvest the grapes when they're still frozen. And so it's a very sweet tasting wine. Uh, I've had some as well that are mixed with brandy. Uh, and, th- and those are good. It's expensive. So like a, a bottle the size of like my beer bottle will be like 35 bucks or something like that but it's oh it's good oh. yeah yeah but very sweet though very have, sweet have you, you seen like how these two over here drink wine, wine? No. <laughs> the three of us it's the three of us there's th- <laughs> yeah right I've, I've listened to the podcast yeah yeah I mean, i've got a whole fridge dedicated just to wine yeah. i i my wines don't last a fridge <laughs> well i have a couple of bottles that are that we cannot, we're not allowed to drink. <laughs> well, yeah, well, like a thirty-five dollar, twelve dollar sure. bottle. Asian wine, or, yeah. You know how yeah, many of those sure. bottles you could fit in your little wine fridge, guys? <laughs> for twelve ounces <laughs> well, a piece, you could fit four hundred dollars in there, easy. Well, there's four hundred dollars. Have four hundred dollars with like fair enough. <laughs> it's scary. So now I have a question because we have a popcorn cart outside the Canadian Pavilion. Which sells soda, Moosehead Lager, Moosehead Light, and LeBlatt's Blue. Would this make more sense to be like, instead of get rid of the popcorn, make that like a poutinery? Or like a little poutine cart? Because that's kind of what I'm getting from. Yeah, definitely. Like, honestly, if they had the the same poutine that I got in my high school cafeteria when I was in high school, that would be awesome. Just hire hire the ladies from... Whoa, 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 you just dropped a bomb. You got poutine in high school? 
Yeah. So they got history and poutine. <laughs> and we got we got cellophane wrapped grilled cheese. Yeah, it was two two dollars and seventy five cents got you a big plate of poutine. On Wednesdays we have we have baked potato bar in high school, which they give you a baked potato and you go and load it up with chili and cheese and sour cream and salsa and vegetables and jalapenos and all that shit. Okay, that sounds really York, good to me too. You got like a dried out gray hockey puck looking burger. <laughs> in aluminum foil. Yes. And like we had some, some of those too. Really bright yellow <laughs> cheese. Fridays, wasn't the baked potato cheese. bar is a nacho bar, and you get chips and taco meat, and then you have no. all the rest of the same stuff from the baked potato bar. This no. makes this and makes tater tots. This makes Taco Tuesday tots. sound like shit. We didn't have Taco Tuesday. What, what was your high school poutine like, Julius? Was it just the basic it, stuff? Yep, just the basics, and it was awesome. Was it? Is, do it you guys made. have use, use brown gravy or white gravy? Brown gravy, always oh, brown, brown gravy. gravy. No, yeah, I'm, hey, that, that's no. down here in the south. It's a legit question. I have, I have well, families. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. We is forget. Mikey, Mikey is, is big on white gravy. I, well, no, so, I mean on certain things. On, certain on chicken things, fried yes. steak, you get white gravy. If you get yes, brown yes. gravy, you can go ahead and move to Russia. As far as I'm concerned. So, when I went to uh, Cooperstown, New York, to see the Baseball Hall of Fame, the hotel that we were staying at had a breakfast buffet, and they had a slow cooker there with a label on it that said sausage gravy, and it was white inside. Yes. Sausage gravy that's, usually that's what is it white. Is? Yeah, okay. It's just well, pretty much I mean, butter, flour, and milk. If, if you're putting I, white gravy I, I on really a chicken liked it. fried steak, you can omit the sausage. Everything else is fine. Really getting hungry. We need to. Do <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> As we're talking about the food, I had biscuits and gravy and sausage and eggs and hash browns for dinner. So I had no, some I'm, white gravy. It tonight. doesn't matter what I had for dinner. Dinner was a long time ago, right now, and I started yeah. running again. So no. all I want to do is stuff my face right now. So, so Julius, Julius, mm-hmm. overall the food at Canada, Canadian, Phonadian, uh, Canadian except the poutine, that fake ass poutine yeah, yeah, that they yeah, have yeah. in there, yeah. Now you can get you can get poutine just down the street at the refreshment port. They do have that available now, um, and it's and it's more authentic. You know, it's it's probably along the lines of the poutinerie over at uh, uh, Disney Springs. I think I'm yeah, but from what he's saying, you, you can't get much less authentic than what you get at at, at Los Elias. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to make poutine like in the next week at home at some point. I think that sounds good. So let's let's talk about some of the attractions at uh, at Canada. You want to talk about all of them, or do you want to talk about one of them? <laughs> well, let's, well, look. First of all, Canada's the the Canadian attraction started with um, Walt Disney being involved in the 1967 Expo. Well, yeah, I mean. The uh, the one attraction, I mean, let's face it, Canada, short of the scenery, which is in and of itself an attraction, we've covered that, um, the, the, the thing to do if you're not eating in Canada is to go to the uh, pavilion and, and go inside and see O Canada, which, uh, as Scott said, actually has its roots that go all the way back to 1967 when... Uh, at the uh, Canadian, uh, the World's Fair, which was actually hosted in Montreal in '67, you had a, a film director named Robert Barkley. Uh, he was approached actually uh, as, as a joint uh, kind of uh, partnership here with uh, the Canadian Telephone or the Telephone Association of Canada, 
uh, of Canada. Good God, Scott of Canada. Uh, oh, so many. I know words. Eng- English. English. I know. I'm trying. Uh, I talk French. They right pronounce here. it Canada in the Santa Claus movies. What? Canada. Canada. <laughs> That's how Tim Allen says it. James Canada. Well, Canada. That's a good one. That's <coughs> Elf. Which, which? Okay, we'll get to it in a second, but then I'll come. I'm going to come back to that, Julius. Uh, you opened up the door, so this is all going to be on you, sir. Um, so yeah, Bobby Barkley does this uh, this film back in '67 that was shown at the World's Fair. Uh, held at the uh, Telephone Association of Canada Pavilion. And um, it wasn't just a regular movie. It was there to actually mark the centenary of the Confederation of Canada. Because Mm -hmm. every country apparently has a South. I'm sorry, it's a lot of monkey shoulder. It sounded funny as I was saying that, and I went with it. It's funny. <laughs> um, now, what what makes this film, two things made this film really interesting. First, it was commissioned by the Telephone Association of Canada, but the film was actually produced by the Walt Disney Company. And... As with most things, Disney in the in the '60s, they tried to be pioneers of stuff, and they succeeded. Um, they actually uh, hired a guy named Paul Mance. So, um, you know, Polly Boy uh, was tasked with taking an actual B-25 bomber and rebuilding it into an aerial filmmaking platform, which is how they were able to capture a lot of these stunning visuals over the, the Canadian uh, landscape and, and, and countryside. Does Canada, ha- does Canada have a countryside, or is it just oh, like... Oh, yeah. Okay. No, it's, hey, no, it's just all metropolises. I, exactly. See, they got a lot of metropoli there. So you had all this <laughs> amazing <laughs> film work done, uh, and they pioneered... Um, what is currently called circle vision, which I mean, it's been around since '67, so you know. It, it, it but this is but this is amazing because it's essentially nine cameras filming at once. Yeah, you've got nine cameras, each of them filming at a 40 degree angle to the one before it, which gives it a full 360 degree uh, coverage area. So they they got this uh, apparatus hanging off the the bottom side of these B, of this B twenty five and it's 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 flying all about Canada, and uh, they end up with this uh, film which was called Canada sixty seven, uh, that is currently considered to be one of the rarest circle vision films ever. And I, personally, I think all circle vision films are kind of rare, but this one was only ever shown at the World's Fair. And then briefly in January of 74, during Disney's, uh, I guess, Magic Kingdom, for some reason, had a salute to Canada in the in 74. So it, it played a little bit there. But it lives on because it inspired what we see now at the O Canada attraction in the Canada Pavilion at Epcot. And, and that actually started uh, in 82. So they used pretty much the same rig but you know I'm, I'm sure it was it was probably upgraded to like a helicopter yes <laughs> we don't have those here but so but you still had these nine cameras uh, the whole thing weighed like you know 400 pounds so that was like what a fifth of a ton that's not a metric ton though that's like an American ton so it's fatter <laughs> uh, and what, what, what these nine cameras allowed was like a very precise 
filming as it uh, as as uh, as you're flying through. Um, you know, it it. I don't know. I, I, I assume we've all have have seen have seen it, and, and you stand in that pavilion and you look all the way around you, 360 degrees, and, and you don't see any overlap. And that actually is a testament to the. Uh, the, the filmmakers and the Imagineers and the engineers that were actually designing this, uh, this circle vision uh, rig because after you get past that part, it's actually pretty pretty basic. If you figure you've got nine cameras filming, if you go in and you watch the circle vision film, you've got nine cameras projecting. So uh, it, 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 it's set up so you don't, you don't see the overlap and you know you, you can sit there and you, you can't sit there actually uh, that's a bold-faced lie you have to stand, stand there there are no chairs the lean rails are not to be sat on they are no to they be are not you yelled that in china you can sit when you're waiting to go in but you can't sit once you i mean I guess you can but then you didn't that guy i don't think you'll get yelled at in the canada pavilion but if you do that's okay it's okay. No, if you want, if you want to sit, it's okay. But we'd ask you to lean, please, please lean. Okay, thank you. You can sit. But the, no, the third time, the third you. time that you sit, they bring out the hockey enforcer. Then you're in trouble. There you go. Marty McSorley's comes out, and uh, you're you're fucked. Hey, Scott. Speaking of guys named Martin. Oh yeah! <laughs> boom, boom. Oh, perfect. Nice. Wow, that was a that was really awesome. good transition there. <laughs> Occasionally we get some good ones. I'm sure. Mar- I I don't know if Marty McSorley is Canadian, but I'm sure he is. He played hockey. I think so. Okay, so they they redid the the film. Um, they updated it a little bit back uh, when Epcot um, opened up the Canada Pavilion '82. And uh, again, you still had the same nine cameras. You still had the 360 degrees stand in one spot and look all the way around, so you can see where you're going and you can turn around and see where you've been. And uh, that that same film kind of hung out and stayed in place uh, for a good little bit. Uh, it wasn't until, as I thumb through here, about 2007 that it had the current version uh, thrown in there, back uh, in September of, of 2007. That's when we got what we see now, where you walk in there and you stand around and you got black screens and you have a uh, voiceover from an off-camera I guess they're all off-camera because it's a film but you have the voiceover of a disembodied voice that starts giving you some bullshit stereotypical what Americans think of Canada facts about the country and then he's he's put in his place by quite possibly the shortest Canadian uh, <laughs> on the planet who's I mean I mean seriously fucking this guy drew drew the the a shitty hand because his name is Martin Short. Wait, wait, did did he draw the short straw? No, I I, I literally I, I thought about that, but that's just too much alliteration. I decided to go with a <laughs> shitty hand, Scott. It's it's Martin Short, which fantastic in inner space. That's all I got for Martin Short, really. Oh, pure pure luck. Uh, is that the one with the Danny Glover? Yeah, he gets stung yeah. by a bee. Captain Ron. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that, that one of the Blazing love... Saddles movie from Mexico was pretty good. Oh, yes! Three Amigos! The Three, Amigos Three Amigos is probably the, the best, one of the greatest Martin Short movies uh, that I've seen. Captain Ron was hey, pretty good, too, though, because... He was good in Father of the Bride. Yeah, Father of the Bride. I like this character yeah. in Father of the Bride. 
Dave Coulier loves hockey. Dave Coulier. Uh, you know what? Okay, this is off topic, but screw it. It's my segment. Um, <laughs> Julius, what? What's, yeah. what, what are your feelings on out of control? What do you mean? Okay, Julius, we're done. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Blank face. Who's the inspiration behind the song You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette? Yes, he was! That I knew. Yes. I knew that. Who's also a Canadian. So speaking of uh, You Can't Do That on Television, mm-hmm. um, did you watch that when you were growing up as a kid? Did you watch You Can't Do That on Television? Yes, I did. One of the greatest things to ever come out of Canada. Yes. Yeah, was was <laughs> Barth, the television. school cook. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I wanted to get yeah. slimed so bad. That that yeah. that was it. Yeah, I don't know, and then you get slimed. That and I mean, you can't do that on TV. Was pretty much like the uh, the safe for the pseudo safe for work version of the kids in the hall. Mm-hmm. Also Canadian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I love kids in the hall. Or the cooler version of Kids Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, way cooler than that. Oh, my God, that show is terrible. Yeah, We've you know had some what? great television here. Julius, you guys are kind of funny up there. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, I mean, look, they've got Second City TV with... They uh, had. They had. They had. 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 Yeah. With John Candy. May he rest Eugene in peace, Levy, Uncle Buck. Catherine O'Hara, Dave Thomas, Rick Moranis, Harold Ramis. Oh, Rick Moranis is awesome. Martin I mean, Short. You talk about some of the funniest people have come out of Canada. Is it because it's cold? They got nothing else to do with making jokes. It must be. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Martin Short in Canada. Yeah, so Martin Short comes out and he starts taking you uh, on an audio tour of um, basically you have all these grand uh, panoramic scenes of of Canada that that you would uh, kind of expect to see when you think of Canada and the Great North and things of that nature. Yeah. you know, you end up going uh, up into the Canadian Rockies and you get to go see, like, the Niagara Falls, uh, you know, the, the northern side of it. and uh, The Canada uh, side. Yeah, and you get to see the Enchanted Forest, but you also go, side, like, actually. to the... To, 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 has, anyone, has anyone been to Niagara Falls? I actually yes, have! I Do have. you want to go down this rabbit yeah. hole, Scott? And no, I've no. actually been to Toronto. Yeah, Horseshoe Fall, that... That is such a beautiful place. It really is. It does not get enough credit for what it is. Here it does. Well, yeah. <laughs> like most Americans haven't been to Niagara Falls, but it is absolutely stunning. We we mm-hmm. did the Maiden of the Mist boat ride. Uh it's it's so cool. So cool. So but in addition to the uh the Canadian uh uh I don't know if you call that wilderness, I guess. Uh, you also run through the the metropolitan areas of Canada. Metropolitan? Those things, uh, which is a drink. No, it's a cosmopolitan. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, to- Toronto's cosmopolitan. Yeah, Toronto. Mm-hmm. You get to go to Van City because I'm hip with the kids. Uh, and I follow Ryan Reynolds on Twitter. Vancouver, uh, also Canadian, Quebec, uh, Montreal. I know it's Quebec. Uh, and, and then at the end of all of this, uh, you know, because I, I actually think that the attraction shorter than my description of the attraction, 
um, you end up, uh, you, you get to hear the winner of Canadian Idol sing the song that we all know and love, Canada, Oh Canada. I love that song. It's I really by, do. Uh, Eva, Ava, Avila, Avila. I don't Eva, know. She, she sounds Hispanic, but Canadian. And, <laughs> you know, it's got a montage of scenes from around Canada, which actually you've already seen up until this point. So it just kind of keeps going on with montages around Canada. It's almost like soaring without feet in front of your head. <laughs> and then after the song, you got Martin Short again to say, yeah, that's Canada. And uh, the lights come on and you exit out the front because... You know, like a lot of Disney theaters, you enter the back and you exit the front. That way, it's just a, a, a steady flow of, and uh, of back traffic. to Beaver Tales. But yep. but you don't exit to a gift shop in this. No, actually, you no, don't. You, don't. You, you got to like circle around or something. No, no, the gift shop's before the attraction, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to walk by the way up. Who wants to stand in one spot, listening to Martin Short deliver a monologue while you're holding your flannels? <laughs> <laughs> And nibbling on your beaver tails. I, I have to say, I love this movie. I really do. It's such a beautiful... Uh, it, it's such a beautiful attraction. It really is. Just to, to go through the scenes of Canada. to The the music. I love the song. I mean, to me, it's a... It's not, it's not a must-do, but if you're in there and you've got time, go do it. Don't do it at the end of your day when you're tired. No, you have because to stand. there are zero chairs except for what you wait before you get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I wonder if they will eventually upgrade this to digital, like they did Soren, or if they're just going to leave it the way it is for a while until Martin dies. Well, Disney has perfected a digital version of Circumvision, so maybe. We'll see. Well, then I want... It's just a matter of time, because who's going to... The question at that point becomes, who's going to pay for it? And who's going to be the star? Well, I I was going to actually throw that to Julius to ask him... Oh, Scott's doing a thing. No, not... No, no Beaver. No Beaver. No, 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 no Beaver. But I I was going to ask... And also, what else would you like to see represented in the film besides trees, water, a boat buildings I would uh, so a couple things that I thought were missing from the, the movie uh, there okay there's one curling scene in it which is good yes. there's no Canadian yes, football certainly. league in it um, and there's no baseball in it which is too bad because we have a, a pretty good team here in Toronto and, and, a, um, good, and a good history of baseball yes yeah Jackie Robinson played his first professional yes. game here uh, Babe Ruth at his first professional home run in Toronto. So there, there's definitely a baseball history here. So it, it would have been kind of neat to see some of that rather than just hockey, you know, for the, for the most part. I mean, um, look, look, Julius. I mean, look, you guys are good at hockey. Let's let's get that out of the way. We're all right. You're good at hockey, but baseball is also big there. Curling is mm-hmm. big there. Yeah, yeah, curling is huge. Um, to answer Tim's question, there are two people that kind of spring to mind. One, there's a guy named Rick Mercer. Uh, who just finished? He just wrapped up a 15-year-old show called The Rick Mercer Report. He's from Newfoundland, and he is hilarious. He would just basically go across the country to do different events, go to different cities and small towns and that kind of thing, and um, just kind of, you know, report on on those things, participate in them in those events. And he he's a really 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 funny guy. Uh, another guy is uh, so there is a 
uh, show here in Canada called Corner Gas. Uh, it finished, it, I think it was on a seven season run, it finished a few years back, but now they brought it back as an animated show. And the guy who created that show is named uh, Brent Butt, and he's a really funny comedian. Um, and it's a really good show as well. Uh, I would love to see the Trailer Park Boys host a show but that oh that would not yes. be family friendly for disney <laughs> yeah probably so not if, if any yeah. americans have not watched trailer park boys you need to watch that show it's on netflix Definitely. i honestly god have yes. never awesome. seen an episode um, i just oh, so i, I feel what? like i've seen every episode just from wait, the wait, different wait, 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 memes wait, 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 wait. no he was revoking all our admission to the three seats nation just now because <laughs> nobody saw the one show he mentioned wait you've never seen trailer park boys no, but but again, I, do I've you seen... have you have Netflix, right? Yeah, I got Netflix. So we gotta watch it. Oh, I mean, I've watch seen all it? the memes, Definitely. so I, I feel like I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I got a question for you. Uh, you. You mentioned the fella from Newfoundland. Yep. Will anybody understand what the hell he's saying? Yeah, he he doesn't have too thick of an accent because <laughs> he's all right. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know that here's the word Newfoundland, Newfoundland is ba- when you think of an American redneck, that's kind of what you get from Newfoundland in Canada. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a different language. It's 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 kind of like a Canadian accent with a southern drawl. Our southern drawl. It, it, if it makes sense, it's got like the soft L's in it. Yeah. So like Newfoundland. That's how you kind of say words like, if this if if this is coming across okay, like that that's kind of how how you would speak it. Um, so I guess it's almost like a little bit of like Wisconsin, Minnesota, that kind of thing, but maybe even more so. It isn't even the accent that'll screw you up though. It's, it's the just the random words and expressions yeah. and slang that it's they'll slang use. So, so yeah, so almost like uh, Yorkshire, uh, like Yorkshire accents or Yorkshire speak, like Geordie. So, Julius, O Canada in its current form, Canadian, mm-hmm. Phonadian. It, it's it's very Canadian. Like we we have. So I I don't know what everybody's opinion is in the U.S. about Martin Short, but he's one of our treasures. Like you know, I we we Short. really love yeah. him up here. How can you um, not love him? Yeah, he's he's from my hometown as well. So like, I mean, I love him for that reason as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, like like we we've always celebrated the guy up here and uh i thought that the video was was funny i i watched the old video recently and i thought it was a little bit dull it kind of dragged on at points there wasn't really that compelling narrator that kind of drew everything together whereas this film has that with martin short um where they address some of the stereotypes and then he kind of goes through and you know shows you a few different things about canada but also you know cracks a joke every now and then so i i really enjoy it for that reason so. yeah I, I i totally get you i mean if i'm like i i never was able to see the old film because i only went my first trip to, to disney world was in 2000 but the old film is very much the like now what's funny is the second film was produced and paid for by the canadian tourism board the mm-hmm. first film seems more like a tourism film. It seems yeah. like that, oh, this is us, we're great, wonderful, blah, blah, blah. It's very boring and vanilla. Yeah. Well, I want to say that that was the whole reason that the second film came into play, was that Canada was kind of getting pissed off of how long in the tooth that first film was getting and how boring it was and how it wasn't creating any kind of 
tourism for Canada. Yeah, they were like, and that's hey, why that second film was made. This we're not the Norway Pavilion. <laughs> well, you know, luckily, uh, you know, we haven't had a Canadian Disney movie to take over. Thank God. All I'm thinking is lumberjacks right now. <laughs> I would hope not. Hey, can Pixar make a lumberjack movie? Eventually they and, will. And Beaver Tails. Yeah, and Beaver Tails. <laughs> I I do like I do like this film. I really enjoy the the play between the, especially the the very first part, the play between Corey Burton the narrator, especially when he says, "Fine, I'll go to France where they enjoy an invisible narrator." <laughs> yeah. Is Celine Dion here? That, that, that's my favorite <laughs> yeah. part. No, Celine Dion isn't here. Everybody everybody loves Celine Dion. <laughs> I'm the greatest singer in the world. You have to pound your chest when you do it. I'm the greatest singer yeah. in the world. Um, but I do love Carly Rae Jepsen. I mean, this this you know might sound crazy, but I do like her. Whatever. That was a fun song. It was a fun song. So let's go through the let's go through the pavilion and let's pick our ultimate Canada. So let's first start with um, let's first start with the dining. So dining right now, um, Adam, what are you picking for your your ultimate dining to add Canada? Uh, the original, not the original counter like the original Lacellier Steakhouse, but the original Lacellier. So yeah. 1997 to 2012. Yep, same. Yeah. Mikey. I've never set foot in La Cellier, but if you could give me a good selection of what they have now, but not make it so damn bougie like it's Victorian Alberts, uh, then I think that would probably be better. I mean, you don't need to fix what's not broken, but I shouldn't feel like I'm underdressed to go, to go in there for a sit-down meal in Epcot. I can see that yep. at a resort, okay? But I'm at a theme park, and I've been walking around. I got the Swamp Pass by now. I just, I just want to go in there and grab something to eat and sit down and and enjoy what's around me and and have some good, have a good steak. I mean, shit, just like the Sizzler, you know, casual like the Sizzler, but give me a really good steak. Like somebody said, they wanted to put fucking Outback in my Australian. <laughs> they did. I saw that. No, they got good bread. Uh, their 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 bread is pretty decent. I don't think it's Australian bread, but it's it's a brown loaf of of shit. It's I a think. Blooming it's onion. got butter. Uh, so Julius, what would you like to see as for the dining? Uh, my favorite part of the dining is the Grade A Alberta beef that it composes is, that it, steak. They are good steaks, man. I real I will say that even to this day. I had the ribeye there, and it was I'm like that's my favorite steak. Is a ribeye. So do do Canadian yeah. cows go moo? Eh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the, there's an old joke. joke. There's an old joke. How did Canada pick its name? They were picking letters out of a hat, and they went C A N A D A. There's your cold opening, Scott, right there. Yeah, there it is. That's a cold opening. Right I've been there. waiting two hours for someone to do it, and that's got to be it. <laughs> oh man, that's brilliant! God, Canadians really are funny. <laughs> well, they are. He's like well, the Catherine O'Hara of podcast hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> um. 
Alright, so I, I, I think it's consensus. We want the original Cellier when it wasn't bougie and it wasn't two dining credits. When it was yes. genuine food, genuine people, mm-hmm. genuine goodness. And the pretzel mm. bread was delicious. Oh, it is. yes. If you ask for more at the end, they will bring you more. And they'll bring it to you in a takeout box. Course they'll, of course they'll bring you more. They'll, they're Canadians. They'll do whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> and apologize we, for it. Can yeah. we send this to your hotel for you, too? Do, do, we, do we feel like... I mean, and this is like not even a Canadian thing, but do we feel like Epcot should have two credit dining at all? Why not? Why not? I don't think anyone Monster, should. Monster Paul is worth two credits. Okay. I mean, I would, Easily. I would like to see, I would like to see Le Cellier go back to a one credit, and then find yeah. a way to put a two credit up in the Hotel du Canada. And oh, that's easy. Each. That probably would be your freaking um, what is it called though? What this Club Thirty Three. Yeah, yep. oh, I think I think each pavilion should have a one credit and a two credit. Yeah, okay, because that would be. If fun. you I, could I, have yeah, like a Tim, shit, yeah. If Let you could have a, a nice, the, you know, the restaurant. In Hold the, on, I got him on speed dial. The, the restaurant in Canada is in the cellar, so that would be your one credit, and then do the two credit with those windows overlooking the lagoon, where you could have a view of illumination. Illuminations. Yeah, that would be wonderful. So we've done uh, Le Cellier on the dining plan each time because we've gone down during free t- free dining three times. And we've done, like, we've used the, our two credits there. And, you know, then you just have to make up a dinner somewhere else. And, you know, we usually do that at a quick service or something like that. So it doesn't, like, bother me to do it because the steak that I'm getting is 50 bucks out right. of pocket. So to me, that's roughly two meals at another single credit restaurant so it's not the worst but when you add in the appetizer and the dessert yeah. which those is those desserts are really good mm-hmm. yep i really enjoy the creme brulee there yeah and that's that's what i got uh my wife got the moose head like the mm-hmm. moose moose yeah the moose moose yeah mm-hmm. i know I've, ha- I've, I've gotten that before. It's good, too. Yeah. It was back when it was a one credit, though, because that's when I originally had it. Yeah. They had the same moose. Yeah. And now it's two credits. Um, I mean, I, I, I like Le Cellier. The, the two times I've been there, or no, three times I've been there, twice were for lunch. I think lunch at Le Cellier is a very good lunch. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a big lunch, so make sure you don't eat dinner that night because it is a big lunch. I had the Kobe beef burger. And it was incredible. It had the beer cheese sauce on it. It was so good. So you had Kobe beef at a Canadian <laughs> restaurant. Well, it was it was their version of it. It's, it's Wagyu. It's Wagyu. Alberta Wagyu. Yeah. So all the beef at Le Cellier is actually sourced from Canada. That's what they've told me. I've asked yeah, them in the No, that's it, what it says told on me. the menu. It's it says on the menu yeah. it's sourced from Canada. Yeah. So is it frozen then? I would imagine so. Yeah. I would imagine it would have to Probably. be. Probably. Because it's... Uh, oh, man. We so for me to drive to Florida, like so if they're bringing it via truck, that would easily be from Alberta, like a 30-ish hour, 40-hour drive maybe? Because for me, for me to get down there, it's a 22-hour drive from where I live if you were doing it in a straight shot. So this is... Without this is serious... Uh, this is some logistics. Yeah, there's some X Files shit we've uncovered here. Adam's <laughs> not happy about what he's hearing. I, I'm, well, I'm, I'm paying fifty bucks driving. for a frozen ass beef patty. Yeah, 
Yeah, nope, pass. <laughs> I, it wouldn't be the same as if you came to the Calgary Stampede and had it. That's for sure. Yeah, the Calgary, <laughs> the Calgary Stampede. <laughs> by the way, by the way, we didn't talk about this. Country music in Canada. Mm-hmm. In it's huge. Maybe Alberta, Calgary area. Yeah. Very um, big. I'm yeah. familiar with Shania Twain, Scott. <laughs> I'm a, I can walk the line like any man of But hurt. do you feel like a woman? <laughs> Only on Thursdays. Entertainment. If you got to bring back one act to stay there forever, what do you bring back? Off kilter. Off kilter. Duh. Yeah. I, I, I've never heard bother. anything out of Canada for myself for entertainment. And I know everybody. I know. Everybody, I don't just mean you other four guys. I mean, like, everybody is, like, full-on off-kilter. You know, oh, yeah. I, when you were talking about the Canadian folk, that kind of sounded like something I might like. They're not bad. But it's not there. They're not bad, but, like, Alberta Bound wasn't bad. Um, the Canadian Holiday Voyagers weren't bad. It's just not something you want to sit down and, like, it's not going to make you, like, it's not going to make you jump up and dance. See, I have a hard time wrapping my head. And I know, and and Julius, you explained it that the uh, the, the 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 Irish, uh, you know, influence in Canada is pretty heavily, pretty heavy, or is it Scottish? I don't know. They're all the same to me. Irish, Scottish, both. Uh, yeah. Irish, especially on the east coast. But so so with the bagpipes and and the off kilter and stuff, it's just like oh, and I guess that's Scottish. I'm going to get in, in trouble by probably someone <laughs> from New Zealand, but. The, <laughs> I have. I mean, if I if I'm walking through, none of that stuff doesn't make sense. Epcot, none of this makes and sense. I I hear something that sounds Scottish. I'm probably going at Canada. I'm gonna be like, what the fuck, and keep walking. But if I hear something kind of folky, that makes me think of Manitoba, and and I would probably stop and and listen to that. Manitoba. I I okay. I don't know what's Manitoban. Well, it's a lot of trees, and that sounds like folk music to me. <laughs> he said Alberta Bound was a folk, a, a Canadian folk music. Well, they they are, but they're like, I don't know. It to me, Alberta Bound kind of blended too much with the the like Celtic acts that were in the UK Pavilion. Okay, Scott gave me a shitty description. 36 minutes ago of Alberta Bound. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to vote for Off Kilter. Because right. I'm a conformist. <laughs> 20 minutes for you to vote to, for Off Kilter. So, the, one of the most celebrated rock bands here in Canada in our history is called the Tragically Hip. They're from Kingston, Ontario. Uh, just a couple hours outside of Ottawa. Uh, the lead singer of that band uh, died earlier this year from a, a he had a brain tumor, I think, or brain cancer. Um, and but the, I mean, they had been around since the late '80s. I would love to see Tragically Hip cover band show up at Epcot for a while, just because. So they've toured through, throughout the U.S. and stuff like that too. So like you know, there are a lot of lot of pockets in the U.S. people that that do know them well. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it would be part of that edutainment part of Epcot if they kind of introduced American audiences to some of the really celebrated Canadian music that has existed here over the years. Um, Tragically Hip would be a good place to start. You know what? Tragically Hip Spotify downloads just increased tenfold. 
I hope Not so. from us, they didn't, because they're fantastic. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm. I will. I will Spotify them, and I will look to see what they are like. Because hey, if if Julius is it anything like Hamilton the musical, <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is awesome, God, by the way. Like <laughs> oh crap! Yes! Not you too. <laughs> High five, Julius. Bow. Have you Have you heard Weird Al's Hamilton polka? Yes, I have. Hey. Everything by Weird Al is freaking gold. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. I just saw him in concert a few weeks ago. Oh, I hate you a little more. I hated you a lot when I found out you were Canadian, but now I hate you a little more. (laughs) Wait, no, no. But this was like the B-side tour that he's doing, right? Yeah. So it's like... uh, Originals. Yeah, all the original uh, Weird Al songs, not like the covers and parodies. Uh, So, okay. so, uh, So, Attractions. Last but not least, attractions. What are I you would, picking here? For me, I would, I would, I just w- upgrade it and give me something a little, a little digital, a little current. So a little our new. ultimate candidate is, uh, it's off kilter. It is the current version of O Canada with Martin Short, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the uh, La Cellier Steakhouse. We just wish there. We j- yeah, from the from the ninety seven to two thousand twelve. We just wish that they would update the beer the beer cart, right? Oh, without a doubt. Because uh, Julius Moosehead Lager. Does anyone drink that in Canada? Mm-hmm. Moosehead is kind of a decent, like middle of summer back deck kind of be- kind of beer. It's like it, it it's refreshing. It's good, but I mean, it's 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 a porch beer. Yeah, but my. Like my preferences, for example, aren't really with like the broadly distributed stuff. It's with like craft brews and that kind of thing, anyway. So I'm not the best uh, barometer so, of that kind of thing. But so, if you were to upgrade the the popcorn cart with a beer, what would you pick for a Canadian beer? Uh, there's a couple I would put in there. So there's a brewery right across the street from the Rogers Center, formerly called the Sky Dome, where the Blue Jays play, uh, called Steam Whistle, which is really, really good. They have it's a pilsner that they that they serve that's really good. And there's another brewery in Toronto called Mill Street, and they're I find them kind of similar to Sam Adams. Actually, they put out a lot of different uh, types of beer. They put out a lot of seasonal samplers. Um, they'll experiment with like fruit beers and. Uh, like hoppy beers and coffee beers, that kind of thing. So that's the kind of thing I might throw in there um, just to get a little bit of that variety because you could do a really good flight if you were to bring in something like Mill Street for sure. So so then one other thing that you guys are actually really good at is whiskey. If you were Mm -hmm. to pick a a Canadian whiskey, what would you pick to put in that pavilion? Oh, that's a good question. Wayne Gretzky has a whiskey. He does. I haven't tried it. Uh, He has a winery as well. Um, of course he does. So my my favorite Canadian whiskey, aside from uh, the one that I was having tonight, the Crown Royal uh, Northern Harvest Rye, is from a, it's in, I think it's Glenbrook, which is not too far from Hamilton. Um, so it's in like that Niagara wine region. Um, and it is called uh, Copper, no, Forty Creek. Sorry. Oh it's yes, Fort, Forty Creek. Oh, 40 I've Creek. heard of that. Oh, Forty Creek. I've heard good oh. stuff. Yeah, Forty Creek. I got a, fr- I got a friend who drinks that like exclusively when he's going and getting whiskey. Yeah. he only gets Forty Creek. It, it it's really good, and it's it's one it's one of those whiskeys that I think that a lot of people are kind of like, oh well, it's a small little distillery in the Niagara Wine Region. How good can it be? And it's actually really really good. I might have to so, violate NAFTA. Or wait, NAFTA sell thing right? 
yeah. All right. Now. So so all right. So I might I might have to uh, I might have to hitch up for some of that because that sounds really good. All right. So uh, I think I think we've run through the Canadianness of Canada, the Pavilion. Julius, on a whole, totally right. Like think of everything right there. On a scale of one to A to Z, <laughs> how Canada is Canada? It, it, it's pretty Canada. We definitely have a lot of really good representations, I think, especially of our outdoor culture, our English and French, uh, our even Aboriginal culture to a degree, or Indigenous culture, whatever you want to call it. First Nations. Um, yeah, First Nations. Um, the only thing that kind of throws me off a little bit is that there, aside from the O Canada video, there isn't a lot of, like, you'd think there might be like an interactive hockey experience or curling experience. One of those two things, most likely. Just even something small that you could kind of throw in there. And, you know, here's that, like, I don't know if, um, well, here in Toronto, we have the Hockey Hall of Fame and they have like uh, little exhibits and that kind of thing where you can like shoot a puck to see how fast you can shoot a puck um just little things like that you know i'm sure you could do or because i've never done it but throwing a curling stone apparently is very challenging because they weigh like 30 pounds or something like that it's very easy to just like fall over and throw the thing sideways and so <laughs> well you're wearing dress shoes on ice pretty <laughs> yeah. much so yeah there's other i want to say dress shoes i guess i think you're you're wearing band shoes if anyone's been in marching yeah. band that's what yeah you're, pretty much you got bandos on and you're trying yeah. to pitch a uh, a stone so yeah i can see that being challenging yeah. so it would be really cool to have an experience like that where you can participate in one of those activities and see how I well would you be do totally down for that yeah so the, i i think that's kind of the main thing that's missing and a quick service i think they would benefit from having a good quick service in there Absolutely. There is no quick service in Canada. Like, you can get popcorn and maple mm -hmm. popcorn, but mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either that or Tim Hortons stand. I, I'm not a huge fan of Tim Hortons. I don't like their coffee all that much, but yeah, throw some Tim Hortons coffee in there and some Tim Bits. And I don't they already know if you have get Tim Hortons in there when they've already that's got Joffrey's. True. Yeah, you won't yeah, get Tim true. Hortons. Yeah, that's true. Mm, Joffrey's closed in New York. No, no, no we have Joffrey's in Orlando. Orlando. Oh, I mean, there'll be a war with, between yeah. Timothy's closed in New York. Yeah. Timothy's was a Canadian. Yeah, it was a subsidiary of Tim Hortons. I want to thank all of you for joining us on Three Sheets of the Mouse. If you enjoy the show, head over to iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a rate and review. It's the best way to find the show. We've enjoyed bringing the show to you. Let us know how we're doing. Give us a rate, give us a review, five stars if you like the show. If not, tell us how we can be better because that's the only way we're going to get better. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we're over at Three Sheets Podcast. That's at Three Sheets Podcast. If you're in the park, tag us. Tag us on Instagram. That's at Three Sheets Podcast. And don't forget to use the hashtag Three Sheets Nation. We're going to make that a thing just like Trenton's poll. <laughs> it's, it's, it's starting to become a thing. But if you want to interact with us, Julius... How's the best way to be a part of Three Sheets Nation? To join the Facebook group. 
Absolutely. And to post your pictures of whatever you're drinking. Because yeah. that is that is a fun part of the weekend. Yeah. Facebook.com slash group slash It's a fun part of the regular week, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this happens Monday. I've had a shitty Monday, and there it starts. Yeah, well, I think look, I've gone through about five beers this week so far. The, the funny thing is we talked about it with, with Daniel. Like, Monday was the off day. There's no off days. Hashtag no off days. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but if you do want to interact with us, head over to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash three sheets. That's where you can become part of the three sheets station. You can just hang out with us, enjoy the enjoy the chats, enjoy the posts. It's it's so much fun. I think all four of us, uh, Julius, you've been a part of Three Sheets Nation from the beginning. Uh, you're you're a fellow podcaster. We we've enjoyed having you on. So I want to really thank you for coming on the show, and and teaching us a little bit about Canada, and also dispelling some of the myths. Like you're not all lumberjacks, right? <laughs> you, you don't live in just, just in my just in my spare time. Yeah, you don't have little beady eyes and big floppy heads. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence and Philip. I, yeah, uh, I get I love that, that show. Well, I, I just want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, I've been no listening problem. to the show since the beginning, and uh, I do consider it one of the best Walt Disney World podcasts out there. Uh, but not just that. I So I know I've talked to a couple of you guys uh, about this on, on my show as well recently, that uh, the community is just amazing. Um, the way that everybody kind of rallies each other and keeps everybody going on a daily basis and you know even if it's just going on and posting pictures of what you're drinking what you're doing that night uh it's just uh, a really really inspiring group to be a part of and uh and i really enjoy it as kind of part of my online um day to day it's uh it's a hell of a lot of fun so thank you to you guys for putting that together and thanks everybody for participating so julius where where else can we find you because i'm sure after tonight three sheets nice is going to want to hear more of you where can we find you <laughs> Well, I uh, haven't put out an episode for a little while, which I feel bad about, but uh, my uh, my son's just gotten so active and rambunctious over the last little while that uh, it's uh, I've just been spending so much more fun with, uh, spending so much more time with him. I feel um, you, man. I really do. As a result. So it's, it's definitely time well spent. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that uh, within the next couple of weeks, I'll get back to it and put out a new episode. But uh, on Facebook, I'm there uh, at Storybook Radio. Um, on Twitter, it's WDW Storybook. And uh, yeah, you can find me in those two places. And uh, I think that my show is on the, um, well, it's on iTunes for sure. Um, but I believe that if you go on to the Podbean uh, app, you can find it on there as well. And it's called so, Storybook Radio. So that's Storybook Radio. If you search it on, search it on podcasts on your Apple device, on Podbean, on Stitcher. Go find it, Storybook Radio. It's it's a wonderful show. I'll still remember the first. I think that I think this might have been your first episode, the Tower of Terror episode, right? That was my second episode. Second episode. Yeah. That was yeah. it was amazing. The guy <laughs> does a great job. We we love. I love your show. I love the the ingenuity you do you do on the show the the stories you tell. Um, very very excited to see what you come up with in the future. But we loved having you on. This was an amazing time, uh, guys. Fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, 
I didn't know oh, where we were going. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm always prepping for my end quote because I always have to figure out what the hell we're not there well, yet. <laughs> we're not there yet. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mikey ruined my closing remarks before by mentioning you can't do that on television. So I got. I'm sorry. <laughs> listen, I grew up. Listen, here's a true story. I used to watch that on Nick at night when I was growing up, and. My parents came in and saw me watch that and said, you, you can't watch, literally they said, you can't watch that communist shit on this TV. <laughs> and they wouldn't let me watch it. And so I'd have to find ways to watch it without them finding out. And I was like, "You're." I, I was living the title of the television show. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was, it was, but I was like, but, but it's funny. And there's nothing wrong with it, mom and dad. It's, it's you know, he's... Yeah, he looks like a drunk, but he's making shitty hamburgers, and his name is Barth, <laughs> and there's flies. Storybook Julius, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's 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 been a wonderful time. This was a fun episode. I've had a lot of fun doing this one. Uh, close your remarks. We'll give you the first go. Uh, yes, well, thank you for having me on. Uh, this was a lot of fun, and uh, definitely uh, my privilege to, to be on here, for sure. And... Uh, if anybody doesn't know Canada, I'm sure that there's there's a lot of people that uh, that don't just because uh, you know like if you live far away or if it just doesn't even come up all that often. Uh, we're a we're a fun, quirky people. We do get a lot of the you know the same pop culture that the U.S. does, but uh, I don't know. We're just kind of kind of weird about some some things up here too, and and kind of funny about some things. And it's a it's a whole different culture up here. So it's uh, if you ever get a chance to experience it. Uh, yeah, we're we're nice people and fun people to, to be around unless you're at Costco. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I have stories. But yeah, no. Uh, other than that, if you ever get get a chance to come up here and uh, and, and visit, it's a, it's a really cool place, and and I really enjoy calling it home. Uh, as much as I end up taking all my vacations into the U.S., but <laughs> it's a uh, it, it, it's a great place to be. But uh, but yeah, thank you guys uh, so much for for having me on and. Uh, uh, definitely uh, meant what I said uh, a few minutes earlier about this being one of the, the best podcasts out there and a lot of fun to listen to and a, a great community to, be, community to be a part of as well. That's awesome, man. Thank I, we, Look, from all of us on Three Sheets, thank you, man. That was uh, that, That's a wonderful, um, a wonderful statement from a fellow podcaster that, that you love the show. So I, I really, from all my other hosts, really appreciate that. Because we can't talk for ourselves. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. No, I, that's my that's microphone <laughs> is muted. I, I, uh. <coughs> they would rather me not talk right now. So, yeah, he's, he's right well, when he well, says Mikey, that. Well, Mikey, I'll give you a chance. Give me some closing remarks. Okay, I got three. Uh, first off, um, everybody listening, Storybook Julius is an OG when it comes to Disney podcasting, okay? He's been around for a while. He's He puts... A, like he said, it may be a little while. It may have been a little bit since his last episode, but he puts out good stuff. Listen to it; it's good. We talk about booze and 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 debauchery, and he's giving you like the real history of Disney and and, and shit like this. So, so listen to Storybook Julius, uh, or or Julius if you don't want to be formal, because you know, or you can call him Miss Jackson if you're nasty. He don't give a fuck. Uh, I am also, real. you know, n- n- number two. I want to say, Julius, that shirt you're wearing looks pretty damned familiar. What is that? Is that the Epcot 2017 swim team? It, because the sure. kid jumped in the pool in front of Figment <laughs> and swim across it. 
awesome to see you wearing that shirt, which is a great segue to number three. <laughs> Check out the MagicalMeltdown.com. I've released two new shirts this week because I'm really bad about calendaring. So I just released a Mother's Day shirt that you won't get before Mother's Day if you order it right now. You might. You should. Yeah, why not? <clears throat> I mean, it, it's going to be damned close. I, I, it's yeah. going to be close. I get my shirts in a week. Yeah, it's, usually it, a week or two. Yeah, we get them like seven days. Yeah. And my igloo's oh, half melted. They ship them. Okay, everybody go buy them. Get it now. Order it now. <laughs> it's 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 going to be tight right now, uh, like 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 a freaking beaver tail. It's going to be tight. So you want to uh, go to magicalmeltdown.com, uh, go to t-shirts. You can check out. I got I got I finally have a Mother's Day shirt set up because everybody's like, you got all these demi dad shirts. What about the moms and? Sorry, but now I've got a mom shirt. So check it out. I've got an Animal Kingdom shirt. I've got everybody's asking. I've got your pineapple, your emotional support pineapple shirt. It's in the works. There may be one or two versions of it. It's coming. So uh, that that's my three things I've got. I just want everybody to know that a Canadian is wearing the uh, Epcot Swim Team shirt, which hasn't sold very well, and people need to buy it because one or two cast members will see that, and they will crack up. And really, what's better walking through Epcot than seeing a cast member point to your shirt and say, I get it. That's funny. I was here that day. I wore the Epcot climbing shirt to Epcot, and oh, so did I. I can't tell you how many cast members thought it was funny. Cast members, guests, we told everybody where to get it. Yeah. Um, no, the the shirts are great. Uh, love Magical Meltdown. I've got a few orders. Mikey, well, Mikey, make that incredible mom a tank top, and I'm going to order one. <coughs> you can't get anything. Did I not turn that yeah. on? Because I think I turned on the no, tank make, top. Make, I, I make tur- it a tank top, and I'm ordering one. Because my wife only wears tank Are you going to wear it? Because I want to see not, that not shit. Not for me. <laughs> He already wears her pants. He can wear the shirt, now. too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you can fit into her britches, you can fit into her shirt. Hey, you shut up about my pants because I'm wearing PF Flyers tonight. Are you going to jump over the wall there, Benny the Jet? Is that what's happening? You're going to go over the fence and you're going to get your... Uh, get my baseball back. Fucking baseball. I'll, I get that baseball. Best around, that baseball the rest of, the shit's of all time. Best, yeah, absolutely. Best well, ba- it is. Uh, it is. What? Uh, no. No. Give me some closing remarks tonight. All right. I really appreciate you coming on. I've been listening to you for a really long time before we actually started this. Thank you. I always liked your take on the attractions when you wrote, like, the little background stories and all that. I really found that super creative, and I really enjoyed those episodes. I'm looking forward to hearing more. Um, <laughs> Hopefully soon. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> eventually. You know, no exact science. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, as you can see, if you're a member of our group, one of our meetups just happened and is just wrapping up. So if you want to check out the pictures, see the fun they had. It was Brant's and Sydney's and tr- the unofficial meetup for their wedding, their honeymoon. And there are gr- some great pictures already being posted. Um, also, we have our next meetup May 15th at Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar. That's going to be about 730-ish. And that'll be Tim and I. Our nudist meetup that we just announced and just created an event for is going to be on June 9th, and that's the uh, Hershey Park meetup, which should be a lot of fun for some of us on the East Coast who can't make it to Disney all the time. Uh, we have the Sailing on the High Seas after that, 
on October 4th to the 9th and November 1st to the 5th is your ultimate cheater meetup for the one and dine ma- ra- running races at this point. I thought, and that's about it. I thought you said nudist meeting. Or you did nudist say nudist. Meeting. I heard nudist as well. And <laughs> when did I? Say I was that? ready to sign I up nude, for that. The nudist shit. meeting that you just posted today was the Hershey the Park. Newest. I'm sorry. I'll <laughs> just say it. I, I didn't you, mean to say you, it. Yeah. I, look, it's not a nudist meeting. It's just a. It's just a Sunday night podcast recording. Yeah. If you show up at Hershey Park nude, I don't think this is gonna. Be <laughs> yeah. So I meant to say newest. Sorry. Trying to run through it real quick. You got you got Mikey all excited. Yeah, my dinner plates were. You know, he thought he was finally going to get some nudes. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I was like, "Damn, we're really serious about this sin nudes thing. We have a nudist meetup at Disney, which I wasn't aware they had, and I was ready to pay for that wine and dine." All right, so Tim, close us out. I've been to Canada, um, I've been to Toronto, Mississauga, I've been to Barrie, which is a tiny little town, probably about an hour north of Toronto. It's not tiny anymore. Really? Well, I, I, when I was there, it was 2002, 2003. Okay, yeah. I love Canada, it's a beautiful country, Toronto is like a second New York to me. Um, so this pavilion, I mean, I, it's one of the probably most underrated pavilions, I think, in Epcot. And just give it some love. Just go visit it. Take the time. Walk through the gardens. And go see O Canada and Martin Short. You don't have to go eat it. Let's sell it if you don't want to. You're not missing anything. But... And I want to thank Julius for coming on. It was a great addition to the show and he gave us a uh, a good insight on how well Canada is performing in Epcot Thank from you. an actual Canadian perspective. From all of us here at Three Sheets of the Mouse, I want to thank you for making our show part of your Disney life. Thank you for your time, for this time, and until next time, so long for just a while. That was a lot of fun.